you. What an uh, honor and pleasure. Let, before I greet us, though, those are the folks watching us online. Uh, what a, uh, or in this way, live streaming, what an honor it is that you're taking the time to be with us. But I want to encourage you personally as a guest here, family guest, if you haven't had a chance to come out and experience these incredible people, the love, the generational love is phenomenal. It's, it's <clears throat> something you don't see everywhere. Uh, the kids are welcome, the grandparents are welcome, the uncles and aunts are welcomed. From the time you enter in, in, uh, into the parking area and walk in the building, it's, it's tremendous. The children's church and the youth is, is, is absolutely on fire. Um, so it's a great place to plant family. It's a great place to grow a family. It's a great place to be a part of a family. And so I want to encourage you that you didn't have a chance to hear the music. Fantastic. Uh, we don't always have these beautiful trees up here. This is celebrating the season, but it's always great. These, this pastor and his wife his and the founding pastors are incredible people. I'm just honored to be here. They welcomed me, but I'm really the privileged one. So please come and let us uh, love up on you and let us be a, a part of your life and, and, and see the Lord do things that no one could ever dream about yeah. in your life as he is doing in ours. Yeah. Amen? I believe that. Yeah, yeah for our folks here, uh, it is really a privilege for me to be a part. Um, I, I love the Holcomb family. Uh, Mark was the first one that I met, and Matthew and Rachel were the last ones I met. And so here I am with, with, with them and uh, privileged and what a fan, tremendous work they and their team are doing. Don't you agree? Amen. Right? Beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, and it's just begun. I want to encourage us in many, many things this morning as I did last night that we're living in the greatest moments and the greatest time period of the restoration of our God's ultimate intention. I love this about him, though. Uh, the Apostle Paul was right, quoting from the, from the prophet Isaiah, that I have not seen nor ear heard nor has entered the heart of any man, including this man, what God has prepared for those who have been waiting for him and those who love him. And I believe I'm standing today with both groups. Those who have been waiting, certainly I've been waiting for things for years and years and, and uh, passionately in love with him and will remain that way, believing everything that he has declared he will do, we are going to hold on to it. And this raging sound that we have out there and, and in this world that it, it perceives to be changing drastically in a darker direction. I want you to know this, though. Historically, the enemy always rages when it fears what God is about to do. It's a historical thing. So don't be moved by it. The, the prophet Isaiah will say it best this way. I would have loved to come out of Isaiah chapter 8, but we're not going to do that this morning. Listen, do not listen to their conspiracies. Do not fear their fear. Do not dread their dread. Let the Lord be your sanctuary, let him be your awe, and let him be your anticipation. It's a perfect day for that for you and I this morning. Colossians chapter 1. Again, I appreciate the sound, folks. Uh, they have power that we, is, they could shut me anytime. They... So I'm grateful and I'm thankful for, for all the folks who serve and the, the people who serve. And how about our worship team this morning? Amen. Fantastic, right? My brother over here, Zach, got that, he's on that nasty guitar, sounded so good. Then he had that thundering voice. I was like, yeah, whoa. Yeah, and it's nice to have a lead man that has passion, isn't it? There's them, actually, still back there hiding, but anyways. Colossians chapter 1, I need these because I'm a, now a great-grandfather, so I've got to start wearing readers. 
Colossians chapter 1. Just a few verses this morning. We're going to have a great time. It's definitely this morning as last night. Something that we can anticipate him restoring, not will be, is restoring, returning back to us. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. John chapter 14. Love this moment. I mean, the life of Jesus for me has been a meditation, always is. I want to know it intimately. This is his final night, his final hours. What a moment. Verse 12 of chapter 14. Verily, verily, whenever we see deity double enunciate, that means something sovereign is about to take place. You remember, verily, verily, you must be born again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. I just, every time I read this, I know it just can't be that easy. It just can't be. I just, there's got to be more to it than this. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he, she, they do also. And greater works than these shall they do, because I go unto my Father. By the way, for those watching, there is one special person watching, and I just want to send out a, mm, 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 mm. To my baby, yeah. Sorry. She... This is the, really the kind of man I am. <laughs> and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Wow. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And our text, if I could say it this way, text verse. We sang about it all morning. Chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. In case I... Failed to, re, to say it again. Please remember this. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so for just the honor and privilege. I'm humbled to be a part of this great work. These founding pastors, years and generations of your intent to fulfill what you have declared to be. I'm honored and privileged to be a part of it. That's how I see it. Lord, this morning, let the revelation of Jesus Christ be to us all. The revelation of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven simultaneously in you. That the manifestation of that kingdom may be ours. That there is a fresh panting, a fresh passion for it. That there would be a cry unto you, Lord. That you would rend the heavens and do something we have never seen before. That you would answer that cry in the earth. I believe it's there. I believe it's in us. So, Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm 22 years old. Well, not now. It's about 45 years ago. I've got this trophy girlfriend. She's now my fiance. She starts going to this prayer group in, the, in her town in the Connecticut. All these Catholic churches had these prayer groups. So her brother was going. She went a week, couple weeks, and something happened. I mean, she was always passionate. She's Italian. Loved her from the day I saw her. Was absolutely in love with her then, absolutely more in love with her now. Something had changed. She was more radiant than ever. She began to, she would call it, divinely nag me. I don't really like those two words together. I don't even think they'd be in the same book together. She would, though, and she's, been, she's pretty good at it. 
Eight months later, she was going, and I, so I finally agreed. After all that time saying, yes, I'll go, hon, not a chance, not a chance inside. I took two of my posse with me, two guys I worked out with, one I competed with. We went to that prayer group. I made sure that I was pumped up and had that look. You know, I just stayed away from me. The room was the size of this platform, no, no bigger than that. I, we sat in the back. I took cheers from the last row, pulled them all the way to the back. We sat there, the three of us. And we began to hear the music, the singing was awful. And I don't even know music. The people were weird. There were some people in the front. There were these people on the side over here. One of the, one, a couple of them were crying the whole time. I'm looking. I'm thinking, what's going on? What am I even doing here? Wondering how long is this going to take? But I realized then there was something there, something about it. Something was there. Now I realize it wasn't something. It was someone was there. She had been talking about this born again thing, uh, born, born something. I just didn't listen. I just, as a, as a good male, then I would just listen and kind of half listen. Like, I wasn't going there. I was just, it was too strange for me. That was not anything I understood. But someone stood up and said, does anyone want to be born again? And I'm listening and anybody want to ask Jesus in their life? And here I am at 22, very happy with my life. My hair was long. Ugh. Man, I had everything I wanted. I just couldn't help it. I just, I just, tears coming down just raised my hand like this. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't realize at that moment, because I had no understanding of the scriptures, I wouldn't be in a church like this for almost four years after this moment. I had no idea that he immediately translated me. I didn't leave my chair. I didn't leave that room. He immediately translated me out of the power of darkness. I didn't even know I was in it. If you told me I was in the power of darkness, I would have said, no way. Nothing controls me. I would say, that guy's in that darkness. That guy in that darkness. I didn't realize that every one of us are born into some dimension of the darkness and under that power. So let's be patient with each other. Some take longer time to come out of that than others, but we're all born into some level of it. I had no idea that, I had no idea that he came and he translated me. He didn't ask them. I was indebted to the power of darkness. I owed that darkness. He didn't ask them permission. He came and took me as he took you. If you're watching today and you haven't done it, he is there waiting to translate us out of that power of darkness. Darkness could say nothing about it, couldn't bring my debt up. He came and took me and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. I couldn't believe it. I had no idea what took place. Something that changed my heart was different. He, at that moment, gave us, me, you, us, a new heart. Everything else about Jay was the same. Looked the same, talked the same, hands the same, walked the same. But there was something inside. I knew for sure something had changed. Years went by. I didn't really understand why. See, I knew the valuelessness of Jay. I knew who I was. I knew what he got. I knew there was no exchange of treasure here. I knew who, I, I knew the masks I wore. I know what I had done. I know even at that age, the people that I hurt. Maybe you hurt more, maybe you hurt less, but I know what I did. I know what he got. I don't know how possibly the exchange could have been worth it, but he came for me anyways. But I thought, why? What was the reason? I finally got to Bible college by the time we were 28 years old, and even then I was still wondering why. I got there and I was raised, it was about ministry, it was about, some, about the commands of God, about the, 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 the will of God, and I was raised that way. That's what I thought it was about. Oh, it is that. But there was something more. 
Why did he come? Why did he, why did he cover Jay LaRue? What did he see? What was he looking for? What did he know? Here's why he came. It was an invitation to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It has three dimensions to it. I want to just take some time this morning just to have some fun. Three. The last one, oh, I live for this. I'm just going to be able to touch it, but I've got to introduce us to it. It's a dimension of the covenant of God that most of us have never known, but he's intending to restore it back. But let me come down here to this one. The first dimension of the fellowship is part, partnership. I had no idea when I, you and I came in that he was making us equal partners with the Son in this kingdom. I had no idea what that meant. The, every job I ever got, no matter how skilled I might have been, which I wasn't skilled much, I started at the bottom. Nobody brings in a rookie, a first-day man, and makes him sit with the president and part of the organization with fully a full partner. I have friends who work for Google, Facebook, Wall Street. I have a friend of mine who was, the, who was the number one surgeon in the Navy his whole career. Number one surgeon. When he left the Navy and joined a, a, a firm of surgeons, they started him at the bottom. Nobody gets started at the top. This God in this kingdom, every one of us do not have to climb a ladder. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to be different. We don't have to pay a cent for it. He immediately made us equal partners of this kingdom. Everything Jesus earned, just for a moment, please, just, just let me just for a moment. From that incarnation, which we're about to celebrate, a seed from God, a seed from heaven, like a mustard seed, the potential of the fullness of God came into a woman. Nobody even noticed it. He's been talking about it, his entire historical word, prophetic word, from the law, all the way through it. Nobody understood it. Nobody could grasp it. Someone had to come. There it was, a seed in a woman. That seed would change the world. That seed would bring something in the earth that was never seen before. The kingdom of heaven, the glory of God now in a man, a demonstration of God's love in a human being, divinity in humanity, never happened before. That is, our, is what we had the day we were born again. In every one of us is the potential of the fullness of God. Every bit of the heaven that's, that's still yet unseen, yet the mysteries of God, he's intending to make those things known to us that they might be revealed to the world. Not to make us something special. It was never about us. About this Christ that is in us, the absolute hope and anticipation of glory. It's already ours. This is not a kingdom that we're going to one day get. It's a kingdom that is fully ours Presently now, that he's restoring back to his people. That life that he lived, you know that they tried to influence him. Oh, I wish I could just take time just to talk about Rome. It's worth the study about the Roman government, how they lived, what they thought, how they ruled the people. They took anything they wanted to take. They could not move him. They didn't motivate him. That world, his world didn't conquer him. He conquered that world. He told us, I've conquered, you will conquer. We don't have to be afraid of our world. It never influenced him. In fact, he was the leaven. He influenced his world. They didn't raise him to fear his world. 
something about him. He knew that he was bringing a kingdom greater than that present kingdom. Oh, he wasn't opposed to that kingdom. He didn't bring a kingdom that they were fighting. He said it clearly. He said, my, if this king, my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. But it's not of this world. Nor are we. A demonstration of the power the world never seen. Greater than, greater than Moses. Greater than Elijah. Greater than Elisha. It was an incredible moment. Everything about that final night that we celebrate in April, they beat him unmercifully. How he didn't refuse, how he didn't quit, how he thought we were more worth it than his own life. How he thought that way. I want to think that way. He is wanting us to know that thought, know that hope, know that dream that we might think the same way. Everything he earned that day isn't going to someday be ours. It already is. And that resurrection, that resurrection power isn't going to one day be ours. It already is. And that ascension and everything about that ascension isn't going to someday be ours. It already is. I'm still in awe. And even at this moment, as much as I understand, understand this now, I'm still in awe that he came for me and allowed me to sit at the table with the king and the savior. And wants me to be a part of this kingdom. I just got, if you don't mind for a second, yo. But that's only the first level. And, which I don't like, but I have to say it. If you want to be a silent partner, they're okay. I'm not. I'm going to push you around. I'm going to prod you. Come on. Say something. But he's okay with that. I'm still... uh, He's all right with that. I know some family members that only got to this place in, in him and never went any further. But I got to tell you, I couldn't just stay here. I'm thankful for this, but I want to continue moving in the fellowship. Next level, you good? It's participation. Now, I love this, though, so I want to go back to the prayer group for a moment. So that day that I'm there, we're sitting back there. There's these people I sit over here like this. One guy gets up, this lady gets up, yeah, I was... You know, I was going to get, I was supposed to get a heart transplant, and last week they prayed for me, and so I was going to the final exam. This is, this is, this is just, just before 1980, 78, right in there, 79, 78. And so they, they were going to, like a CAT scan, I had no idea what they were talking about. So I'm listening, and she goes, yeah, and, and they did it, they did it once, twice, three times, and I was there the whole day, and they finally came over and says, well, there must, there's a problem. And I says, what? She says, well, we, we're comparing this x-ray with all the other x-rays, and something's wrong. There's, there, your heart is perfect. Actually, it's like a 20-year-old now, and we don't have to do a heart transplant. Yeah. Uh, my response wasn't like that. I was like this. Next lady comes up. This guy, the guy comes up, the one, one of the guys that was crying. They prayed for me two weeks ago because I had, I had lung cancer. And so I went, and they wanted to do one more x-ray of my lungs. They were actually going to take one out. And, once it, and so they came back, and he says, the same, she's crying the same thing as them. They came back three times. They took the they said, they said, we don't know what's happened. There must have been a mistake with the x-rays. But both of your lungs are as if you were a teenager. Another man was at the end, came, came in, and he had he, what I didn't even know was a colostomy back. He's in his early 30s, and he's the one crying. I, was, I kept looking at him going, this guy's embarrassing me. I'm telling my friends. He has to stop. He gets up there, cries 10 more minutes. 
He goes, yeah, I was at the, I came to, it was a prayer group down. He's telling the prayer group that the other church, and last week I went, and they gave me no hope. I was going to have to wear this my whole life. And he's crying, it's crying. It's almost embarrassing. And he's telling, he goes, and I went, and, and, and they, they, they did, they, they were doing some x-rays because they wanted to see how things were going, and, and, and they came back. It was two or three times. They kept me there from the morning till, the, till late in the, in the early evening. I was still there. And they finally came out and said, we don't understand this. But somehow, someway, your kidneys have been restored. And we do not have to wear that bag, and we're not going to do any surgery. I said, I said, I got, I, I got, no, I got in a car. I said to my friends, you got to go. I'm going to drive with Linda. I get in the car, and I'm sitting with her. I said, what was that? She goes, what was what? Those people. What people? The, the heart, the kidneys. I mean, she goes, oh, that's every week it's like that. I said, every week? She goes, yes, it's normal. I say now, super normal. It's really who we are. So I said, you're kidding. She goes, yeah. It's every, I said, every week? Every week. You want to go back next week? Yeah. I didn't sit in the back. Week after week, heart, legs growing out. I'm like, what's this? I didn't know. I knew this God healed because I remember it was told me, but I thought all that went away somewhere. I had no idea that this one was doing that now. I was amazed week after week. I couldn't wait to get there. So finally I said to her, I said, there was always these leaders up there. They had these, these like crosses. I said, are those the special people? You know, Lynn is so good. She, was so good. she goes, what do you mean special people? Well, I mean, are those, the, I didn't know what to say. Are they the healers? Healers? No. Anybody could do that. Anybody? Yeah. Even you. Me? So I thought, okay. I was, I was doing sales on, a, on, on a 95 corridor from, from Greenwich, Connecticut to the, to the border of Rhode Island. I thought, okay. So the next day, I'm down there. I see a guy. He's on the side of the road. Gray. I understand things better now. With, a, with an oxygen tank. So he's hitchhiking. Pull over, GMC Jimmy. Come on in. Gets in there, puts his tank in. I says, where are you going? He goes, I got a new, new London. I'm, I have cancer from my, from my esophagus, from my, my throat, down through, all through my stomach. They're only giving me a couple weeks to live. They're going to try something new. So that's why I'm going there. I mean, I, he was gray like I've never seen. I said, okay. I said, yeah, I'll bring you there. Start driving on, on 95, lock the door. I said, huh. I said, so, uh, yeah, I said, um, I'm getting a little nervous. I said, uh, you know Jesus? And he said, huh? I said, you know Jesus? And he took his tank and moved to the door like this. I said to him, I want you to know I'm going to lay hands on you right now, and he's going to heal you. He said, what? And on his chest, Gee! In Jesus' name. And I'm starting to speak. In Jesus' name. Now we're doing this chest on thing, you know, because he's, I'm strong in him. He's like, ah, 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 ah. in Jesus' name. He goes, I'm like, chest on fire. I only knew, I knew, I knew he saved. I knew he loved me and I knew he healed. But I think the fire thing must be him. It's him healing you. And now I'm going faster than I should be going. But I know I'm nervous. In Jesus' name, my hands go back and forth. We're driving on the highway. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He said, ah, 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 ah. My chest on fire. I just finally gets my hand. I goes. <sighs> now I got filled with the Holy Ghost a couple weeks earlier. 
So I don't, I, I'm a little bit better now, a little bit. So I'm thinking, he goes, my chest on fire. I don't know what's wrong. He said, he's healing you. I'm driving. I says, I says I'm going to leave my hands on you. Now he's going to fill you. The Holy Ghost, what? On his head. In Jesus' name, be filled. And now he's like, we're going down the highway like this. In Jesus' name, be filled. And he starts going. He goes, I can't breathe. My tongue is swelling. I said, that's tongues. Let it go. I don't know what happened. We got to the highway. Five miles an hour, he jumped out. He said, the whole time his chest was burning. But I want to tell you this one story. There's multiples of these. Because Linda said it was normal. It was what he's restoring to us is, yes, it's supernatural, but it's super normal for us. It's not what we're going to be. It's who we are. So we're driving, coming from a prayer group. Linda and I, we have a little bit different stories. It's because some time ago, I, we, I only, I've only started telling it a year and a half ago, but I would tell it to teenagers. Whenever we talk about the power of God, supernatural, prophecies, Holy Spirit stuff. So we're driving. I want to hear so you can see me. So I, um, am I okay with the, I don't know where the lines are for the cameras, but I want you to be able to see this. So we're driving. Linda has a Toyota Silica Fastback, and I'm driving it. I got shorts on, tank top, worked out in the morning. Just came from a prayer group. It was our life. And so uh, all of a sudden, we're going by where this entrance to the highway is, and we hear this incredible crash, and I look out of my side window, and there's a man in the air. What's happened is he was turning in on a motorcycle, and the car hit him. His head hit the windshield, and the car went through, and he hit the ground, back of his head and his body like this. And I pulled over to the side, so probably from, maybe from here to the, maybe, maybe the back of the room, probably a little bit, a little bit beyond the sound. Was, I pulled over to the side like this. I mean, I had never even experienced this. says, what was that? I said, that guy just got hit by a car. And I could see in my rearview mirror, even from that distance, already the blood is starting to grow around his face and around his head like this. I could just see it growing like this, even from that distance. Everything is stopped. No one's entering the highway. It's, everything is stopped. Motorcycles over there. I mean, it's just a moment that I've never experienced before. And, and so it, he's just, I mean, you could tell he's twisted. It's, it's, his legs, his arms back is how his legs are. Even from that distance, I could see that. And I, I, she said to her, I said, the guy got hit, the guy got hit by, a motor, by a car, no helmet. And uh, she, I said to her, she says, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. And she says, she goes, let's go lay hands on him. I said, hon. I said, well, listen, come on. I mean, uh, a new heart, kidneys, legs growing out. This guy's got, he's dead. She said, but they said to us at the prayer group, all we knew, we could lay hands, at, we could, not only on the sick, but we could raise the dead. All right, let's go. So, I mean, I hustled over there because I was in faith. <laughs> so we get over to it, and I mean, he's just, I'm just going to do it like this. He's laid out, so his head is by, nothing's moved. It's seven, eight, nine, 12 minutes. We're losing time, though. Noth he has not moved a bit. Nothing's going on. It doesn't look like he's breathing nothing. And, so, and, his, and the blood now is around his head like this. So Linda's at his feet. I kneel down like this. And so the blood's on my leg, and I just said, in Jesus' name, put my hands on him like this, and he shook like that. One, the arm is broken here, his leg is broken, the lacerations. I can't even explain to you what his head looked like, the back of it especially, because he hit the windshield and, and hit the ground like this. And, and so he starts to shake, and it was a while, it feels like another nine, ten minutes, a nurse finally comes over and says, don't touch him. I said, I said he's thrashing, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what to tell her, I know, I know medical stuff now, but I just kept my hands on him just in Jesus' name, Linda at his feet like this. 
And so finally an ambulance came and he was thrashing. So the paramedic and the EMT could not get him on the gurney. He says, will you help us? Will you come along? He says, yeah. So Linda's there. I said, follow us. So I get in the ambulance and we're, I'm just sitting there like this. And the paramedic's here. AMT's there. It's two towns over, so it's going to take us even at that time, 15, 18 minutes to get there. And he is calling in. We need, we need to neurosurgeons. The, the language I didn't get now, I understand it better now because I understand the language more. Uh, and he's picking up his head, and he's, he's shaking his head, and he's giving them information. And he's saying to the MT, you need to get his wallet out because this is, this is not good. Uh, he's not, they're, not, they're not talking to me at all. I'm just simply holding his other arm because the, that one's broken. He's holding it down. And he, the um, EMT gets it out. He says his name. I hear the name. And so we finally get there. We go inside. So I'm just standing in, in, the, in the emergency room just listening to them. They're just in front of me. The neurosurgeons come. They're saying, we've got to get him in surgery. They're shaking their head. They're talking. And I've got blood all over my shirt, white tank top on my arms. So the nurse comes over and says, are you a, a friend or relative? I says, no. I mean, he's just, I'm explaining it. I says, what are they saying? Well, I can't tell you what they're saying because this is... You know, it's, 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 you're not family. I said, okay. So I leave, and we all go back. And Linda, I'm telling her the story. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked because never, I don't even know what's going on here. I have no idea. I've never even been anywhere near anything like this. And so the next day, Linda, I, I see her again. We're still talking about it. We haven't told anybody. And she says, you know, you should call the hospital, see how he is. I said, oh, no, I... I said, I, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. So we're, we're different since the second day or the third day. But anyways, I finally called back. Now, you probably remember this, though, but in her apartment, she had a phone with a long cord like this. Because we had to come from, it was in the living room, but we had to pull it into the kitchen to talk. You know those cords? Yeah, the young people like, that was that an old-fashioned phone? Yes, it was. When they were. So I call. And I say, hello, yes, um, I'm calling about so-and-so. Oh, well, are you a family or friend? I said, oh, I'm, a, I'm better now. I'm a friend. I was there. Okay, hold on. So he's waiting three, four minutes. So I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at Linda. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm just pacing. I'm just thinking, I know. I just, this is. So he goes, there's no one here by that name. So I pull over to Linda. He's gone. He's not there. She says, well, ask what, you know, find out what happened. Uh, could you tell me what happened? I mean, is there just, hold on, another four or five minutes. So I'm, I'm just pacing back and forth. So finally she goes, okay. Yeah, it says here that he was released yesterday. So I'm like, what? I could can't release him yesterday. I can't believe it. You believe this thing? Linda says, wow, that's amazing. Ask why. <laughs> so I did. I pull it back up again. I said, well, could you tell me? I come over here. Could you please tell, tell me what happened? Why? Hold on. So he comes back a little fast. He goes, yeah, it says here that he was released with a mild concussion. <laughs> yeah. We knew then. And the reason we never talked about it and didn't get on TV, just never, never talked about it, because we knew then that it was a normal thing for us because this was a part of the kingdom that he gave to us. And if I wanted to participate, he was open to it. I love that last moment of his life. I love that final night. He knows it's about to take place. Judas is already gone. Well, he's here at this moment. There's an argument that breaks out. They, they would recline at the table. To his right, to his left would have been probably Peter, Andrew, Nathaniel, uh, and Thomas here because they hung out together. James and John. Or John would sit closer probably because had his head on his chest. John, James, 
over here, it probably would be Matthew, probably Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, James the Lesser, Judas was not Iscariot, was not an Iscariot, and Nathaniel. They are, they're arguing about which one is greatest. He gets up, you know the story. There's a doorway over there, there's a bucket. We know this is a wealthy man's house because that was the place of a bond slave. It would be the worst position that anyone could have. An Israelite could have been there. They're owned by the owner of the house. They, he owns the family. He owns the man. The man has to work off the debt of his family. He could have his entire family, his kids, everything. There was nobody there. Those, those apostles, they walked by that. They weren't doing that. They don't do that kind of serving. They're apostles. They all walked by it. Jesus gets up from the table while they're arguing, takes off his robe, girds himself up. Peter sees him. They're all indignant. They look at him. What are you doing? You're not washing me. Don't you know who you are? What are you doing? Put that down. This is ridiculous. You're embarrassing us. And he said, listen, I'm not just going to wash your feet. I need to wash all of you. Peter understood it. Do it. Even Judas. They leave that, uh, that room that we know is the Last Supper. This is where he amazes me. If I were them, I'd probably, they were probably ashamed. I'd be hanging my head. They were probably still arguing. Yeah, hey, Nathaniel, look at Remember Peter? Thou art the Christ. Two minutes later, he was the devil. I heard that, Andrew. I heard Andrew. I'm telling mom. I'm telling mom. <laughs> he stops. I mean, Judas has probably come with the temple guards. What a moment. You could think of this moment. He, I would have thought that he's going to give them another lecture. They must have stopped him and saw him. He's probably thinking, yeah, what are you going to tell us? What, what, what's wrong with us? He stops. He goes, because I want you to know something. The works that I have done. And they go, oh, man, are you kidding me? Come on, guys. Water to wine. Fed 5,000, fed 4,000. Incredible. Walked on water. Transfigured. Peter, we were supposed to tell I couldn't help myself. I mean, the lepers, you're, there's, there's no one like you. You're the only one. You're the man. There's no one like you. There'll never be no one like you. They didn't understand. He didn't come to be the only one. He came to be the first one. He came to be the original one. They couldn't understand it. They never realized it. He didn't come to raise the bar he lowered it that even Jay LaRue could reach it. And they said, yeah, we know your works. He goes, well, I want you to know something. All you got to do is believe and you'll do them. They must have been like, after we were just arguing, after we were acting like this, this is what he said. They must have been like, ah. Then he stops again. Only he would do this. He stops again. They must have stopped and went like, oh, hold on. I mean, what, what else could he say? Could, could there be more than this? Is it possible with us? I mean, Thomas, are you even starting to believe? He says, I want you to know this. I'm about to ascend. God, my father. And I want to tell you this one thing clearly. You'll do the works I've done. And greater than these shall you do. Because I'm going to my Father. That's a word to us 
in this generation now. Oh, we're born again to be supernatural, but in truth, we've been born again to be supernormal. It is who we are. And he's about to release us back into the world with the power of God, unprecedented, things we dreamed of, biblical proportion, power, normal. From our kids in elementary school to our seniors that might be at the nursing home. That's his intent. The kingdom of his dear son. The first time I've got to move on, it was the first time that I got to a church like this. <laughs> I didn't know. The pastor, the associate pastor says, thus saith the Lord, this, this, this. And I turned to Linda again. What was that? Prophecy. She says, prophecy. What's prophecy? God speaks. He speaks? I knew he wrote. He speaks? Oh, yeah. Do I have to be a pastor to do that? She said, no. Anybody can do that. Even you. She never should have told me that. There's one more level, and I want to just do it just for a few minutes. Partnership, I'm so thankful. Participation, I can't believe he lets Jay LaRue participate in the kingdom. And I can always remember that when I lay hands on somebody, pray for somebody, God is faithful. This last part is, I live for this. It took me years to find this. It's intimacy. You see, if you don't mind me, let me just come down for a moment. From the time that Moses met him on Mount Sinai, there was a cry in the heart of man, probably in Adam. I've got to behold your glory. I've got to see you. And he made it clear to Moses, you can't look in my face and live. He was right. Nobody lives after seeing his face. And so mankind would want to peer in there and look in there, and there was something in us yearning. As a matter of fact, Lucifer fears what I'm about to say to us this morning because he understood he was the covering chair. He gets this place that we've been born again from. He knows it. And he's more concerned about us being gravitationally pulled to this earth and that heaven is separated from us. But God's about to restore a dimension of his promise to us that we've never known. You with me? When he ascended, he was a forerunner. I thought he just went up there so that one day at the end of my life, I too will go, oh, yeah, that's an absolute promise. That's, that's easy. But the, when he was a forerunner, there was a veil there. Now it was a door. And when he went up, he was this forerunner. It means to make a way that others may follow in the same manner. And now we know there's a door open here. Maybe it was closed at one time. Maybe it was locked. I don't know. But I know this, though. Historically, no man came here. No man could come here. This was for the angelic. This was for those three great angels. This was this is a place that no man could go. Men saw up here. Men viewed up here. Jacob viewed. Isaiah viewed. Daniel, they viewed. But nobody could come here. You can't look into his face and live. This was a dimension that was his. This was a place full of his glory. This was a place that he 
the light and the dimensions of it where men could not come here. This man made a way here, a door's open now. Whosoever will can come here. A throne that was in the center used to be a throne of wrath. It's not wrath anymore, it's a throne of grace. There I find it any time I need it. And there's mercy here. What's mercy? You don't deserve anything, Jay, but I'm giving it to you just because you're mine. You don't deserve it. Despite as much as I fail, certainly I don't. Yet it's there for me. And when I come here and I receive mercy, it's, a, it's inevitable that when I walk in this earth, I give more mercy than I ever knew I could. But I didn't realize, though, that he longs for the intimacy. I love these verses of scriptures that in the face of Jesus Christ is the knowledge of the glory of God. Well, I, I thought if I look into his face, I can't live. That's right, because every time I behold him, Jay dies and he lives. Every time I see him, I'm, trans, I'm transformed. It's no longer me that lives, it's him that lives. I realize it now that I was never supposed to live without this. He made a way that I, and his longing for intimacy with me, he longs for face to face with not only me, every one of us. He lives for it. It's his panting. That's why he paid such a price. And this man is ascension, made a way here anytime I want. One day a year, five days a year, every month, every day, most of the day, anytime we want. I cannot live without this place. We were born again from here so that I could taste of it, I could breathe it, that I could behold him, that we can have a fellowship, that there's a transformation that takes place here. I don't leave here some superhero. In fact, I become more human. We do realize that there was nobody more supernatural than him, but nobody was more supernormal than him. No one made humanity something like he did. And he's put the divine nature in us so that it would grow in us and that there, that there would be a generation that would experience his glory because this Christ would be fully there. And his glory, it's not some, some fire out of our faces. It's, it's not some, some scary thing. No, that was, that was that kavod, that Old Testament. This is the beauty, the splendor, the majesty, the glory of God revealed in his people, a body that was given to him, and now this body is given to him that he might manifest himself in there. Yes, in, in, in a, uh, us demonstrate his kingdom by the being blessed. Look what I am. I'm a Christian. I'm his. Even though these things in my world, look at them. I'm a partner here, a full-pledged partner. I'm in, there's no debt at all but to love one another. There's nothing. I don't own anything. There's no ladder to climb. And I could be a part of it and participate at any level I want. I could be a servant anywhere, anywhere. I could serve anywhere. They could pay me for it, but he's the one who blesses it. And then of all, ultimately, he longs to be face to face with Jay, <laughs> me, you, you're willing to go through this in this ascension to make a way that I can come up here. There's times I'd come up here, I'd be, like it would be, I'd be so nervous because I always knew authority as being scary and, and, and troublesome and, and he's going to read my mail and he's going to know my deepest thoughts. He already knows them. It's not about that. He's after this treasure. I have to be here. I was here this morning. Oh, Jay, you're such a spiritual man. No, I'm here because I'm a carnal man, and I need him. And we're the only ones, you know, I got to close. Isn't it beautiful? You know, every religion has a book. Well, our book's alive. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, it's kind of, oh, it is. It's, it's separating me. That's why it's beautiful. I love it. One verse a day, and, and there's this dividing of my heart, and I'm understanding this is Jay, this is him, and I'm learning this. But no religion has a living word, a living God, not only a relationship with this, but a relationship with him, the one who wrote it, the one who it's about, longs that we might behold him. And in seeing him, we're transformed to that very image. It's this passion of the Spirit in us. And the Lord is restoring it back to us that we might be a people of this place again because it was a covenant. He longs for the intimacy. It's an invitation to the fellowship. I believe this morning will be the beginning of us taking it home, work, not aggressively, angrily. We'll straighten out this world now. But we're bringing a kingdom that this, the kingdoms of this world cannot overcome. This kingdom can never be removed. It is ours. And he's about to demonstrate it in an unprecedented dimension. Why not here? Why not now? Amen. That's right. Come on. Let's just practice it a little bit. Are you okay? It's countless stories. <laughs> I, t- I want to see, I say it though, because now it's Dr. J. Ooh. It's Jay, the whatever they call me. I told the story because it was just Jay then. Jay nobody knew. And it's still just Jay now. And it doesn't matter who knows me or who doesn't know me. I can't believe that he's invited us to this kingdom. And I'm ready to participate. Oh, yeah, I want to change my family, change my little surroundings. But I'm intent that we turn this world. Maybe not upside down. How about right side up? And that they once again say, we're going to those people because we know God is with them. So let's practice it. So it's, it's more simple than we want to believe, really. All you have to do is believe. Anybody here need healing in any way? Anyway, hurt neck. I got this thing, growth thing over here they're saying. I don't know what it is. It's, some, it's a, uh, on my, uh, my thyroid is some kind of nodule deal. They're not afraid of it, but they, they want me to go get my neck stuck. I'm, a little, I'm not too happy about that. I've never been to, I, I do the doctor now because I'm old, but I've never, you know, it's not something I like. So you could pray for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always some ailment. I mean, I'm, they, they, they tell me that I'm dying daily. Probably right. But I tell them, though, I don't tell them, but I say, but I'm being renewed day by day in here. Yeah. So back off. <laughs> Anything. Broken heart. How about hopelessness? How about I lost a dream? You know, he's the dreamer. How about I lost a vision? I don't have vision. He's the visionary. Oh, he, he wants to bring it. More realistic than we realize. Not this over there thing. It's right here, right here, right now. So if you need it, just let me raise your hand. All right, this is not the, the Jay LaRue show, the one-man show is done. Can you just, could you just lay your hands on the person that has their hand up? All right, just do it. Just lay your hands on them. This is a body thing. This, this is not going to be about one church, one person. It's not. 
It isn't. Jay doesn't have any meaning here. I'm just glad that I can come and share this with us. Not me to you, us. Because I got to remember, I'm going to be at the airport later today. People start coughing. I'm like this. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Can I pray for you? No. Can you do that at home? Yeah, I can do it at home. And then I just tap on the shoulder. Have a good day. I don't say anything, but I could lay hands upon the sick and they will. Well, I want them to know I did it. Not about me. All right, ready? In Jesus' name, be healed. Come on, give me a little. This, is, this church has life. All right, come on. All right, just as, this really, I, mean, I, mean, I don't have, I, I, I bring it down when I'm with people at the airport. I don't go, yeah, rah, rah. Jesus' name, be healed. But here we could kick it up a little bit. In Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. That's it. Just say, in Jesus' name. Let's start practicing. In Jesus' name, be healed. Heal honor. Remember, God is faithful. In Jesus' name. We're, gonna, we're about to revolutionize our schools, revolutionize our governments, revolutionize our world, our colleges, our universities, our job places. In humility and servanthood and great love, but with the power of God, of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Anyone else? Come on, in Jesus' name. Beautiful. For me as well, in Jesus' name.